0: Hello, and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast by your host, Lauren Lucio. I would like to start off by thanking all of my listeners. I don't want to brag, but... There could be anywhere up towards six people listening to this. So this is for you guys. Thank you so much. You know, couldn't do this without my fans. Uh, This is the first podcast I have ever recorded, actually. So this is the number one of all number ones, really. Um, I've got my dog in my room. She's very needy. She will not let me record alone so you might hear her shuffling around scratching on the floors I don't know just being a dog you know that's what she does it's who she is let her be so the case that I chose to talk about today is the Rebecca Aylwood case um also known as Becca to her friends and family and Rebecca is from Aberconfig Bridgend South Wales I really hope I'm pronouncing that right I have been to Wales and I loved it. It was so beautiful. The people were so funny and just so welcoming. I was working for a glamping company there at the time and we were going around to festivals setting up like these luxurious um, festival camping sites and we did one for a festival in Wales called Steelhouse it's quite a small festival I don't think a lot of people have heard of it if you ever get a chance to go go it rains the entire time but that makes it better everything is covered in mud everybody is just so happy to be there it's great music great people it's a really good windy wet Welsh mountain festival it is amazing it could possibly be one of my favorite festivals I've ever been to So let's get into it. So uh, Rebecca Aylwood in 2010, 15 years old, living in Abercrombie, Bridgeton, South Wales in the UK uh, with her mother and two siblings. She had a close and loving relationship with her mother, brother and sister. She was the oldest of her brother and sister. She's kind, smart, beautiful. She was dreaming to one day be a barrister. She had a serious ambition. She was smart. She was going for it. And you know what? She would have got it. The last words she spoke to her mother on October 23rd, 2010 were bye, Mom, I love you. The next day on October 24th, 2010, her body was discovered by police in Abercrombie wooded area. She had suffered severe injury to her head, which later was confirmed is what had ended her life. The coroner report read brain injury from blunt force trauma. Her skull had been crushed with a rock. Absolutely brutal. How did this happen? How did this happen? So, to find out how this happened, to understand how this happened, we have to go back about a year, almost a year exactly, actually. In October 2009, just one year earlier, Rebecca started dating Joshua Davies, also known as Josh. So, if you hear me refer to him as um, Josh, I'm talking about Joshua. Um, And he was a fellow classmate of Rebecca. It seemed they had a fun relationship. Josh would even go over to Rebecca's house and spend time with her family. He was getting along with her brothers and sisters and mothers. They knew each other. They were like, it was just like a a really happy time. Rebecca's family got along with him and everything seemed wonderful. Like, oh, Rebecca's got an amazing boyfriend. Like, that's so wonderful. Rebecca's mom, Sonia, really liked Josh. He was so charming and nice. In January 2010 Josh had spent the day with Rebecca and her family like he had done before many times before after school he'd go over there eat all their food do the classic teenage boyfriend stuff and you know they were playing around laughing Rebecca even painted Josh's fingernails which if you look this case up you will see that in basically every single documentary news story when people talk about this and I think it's because the idea of a teenage girl painting her teenage boyfriend's fingernails is just so wholesome it's just so typical teenage stuff so that same day that Josh had spent at Rebecca's family home laughing and having such a good time even told Rebecca's mom before he left like this has been the best weekend of my life like he admittedly had a good time he was he he was having a good time so It was quite a shock to Rebecca when Josh got home and then sent her a text message breaking up with her. I'm not sure what that text message said. I don't know what that text message said. But it would have been so devastating for her. I do know he need, I don't think he gave a reason. I'm not sure if he gave a reason or not. Everything I read, I didn't read a reason. I've heard some other stuff, but I'm not sure if it's confirmed. So I'm not going to say it could be gossip, I don't know. Bottom line, he had a good time that afternoon. That evening, he's breaking up with Rebecca. She's devastated. She's confused. Rebecca's best friend in an interview said that after Josh had broken up with Rebecca, he started rumors about her being pregnant and was just being so awful in every way he could to her. He would meet new people or he would start hanging out with like different people and the first thing he would do was start like Telling them about how terrible Rebecca is and all this stuff about Rebecca Trying to get other people to hate her Eventually Rebecca being the smart well-rounded person she was moved on found a new boyfriend You know moving on with her her young teen life. Josh seemed to be acting nice to her again He almost like he wanted her back Maybe he was jealous of this new guy. Maybe he didn't want to lose that control he had over her by manipulating her with his love. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. But he didn't like it. And he wanted Rebecca back. And Rebecca was, she was keen on Josh. She really liked him. Maybe it was her first boyfriend. I don't know. She, hey, the heart wants what the heart wants what the heart wants. Am I right? And Rebecca's heart wanted Joshua Davies. Every Saturday Josh and his friends would meet at a cafe for breakfast and Josh one day was talking about how he wanted to murder Rebecca. I don't know how this came about but apparently he was just talking about it a lot. He was talking about different ways he wanted to do it. He was it was his favorite topic of conversation, it seemed. So his friends had heard it so many times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Murder Rebecca. Yeah. 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 And one of his I don't know if I'm not sure if it was said as a joke if it was said as being serious. I don't think his friends thought he was serious. so I'm assuming this was a joke and they told him if he murdered Rebecca, he would get a free breakfast paid by one of them or all of them. I'm not sure either way it was kind of like a bet or a wager that they had thrown out into the group, thrown it out to Josh. And he really became like, in love with this idea I don't know if in love is the right word he was infatuated with this idea about murdering Rebecca for a free breakfast Um, and if you google this case you will see a lot of the headlines murder for breakfast murder for a bet um, and different variations of that the media really latched onto this as well as we will find out later why so Josh had been talking about wanting to murder Rebecca for months talking is one thing but he started planning it. He started planning ways he would do it. One of the ways was um, poisons. So he had been researching um, po- these poisons, a, a mixture of foxglove and deadly nightshade, which is so m- medieval. I don't know. It's very... I guess, I guess it's accessible, I guess. Um, so he was researching how to poison her. And the summer before... Rebecca's death, she had been hospitalized for stomach pains, blacking out, and dizzy spells. The cause was never found, and the hospital looked into this. Like she was in hospital, they were trying to figure it out, they were trying to get her better, and they never came to a conclusion about what was making her sick. So, according to woodlandtrust.org.uk, some symptoms from foxglove and deadly nightshade poisoning include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea headache, hallucinations, confusion, and even death. Those two plants, from what I could like read online about them, I don't know much about them, but both of them seem to grow in the summertime in the UK. Whether or not they're growing in in southern Wales, I don't know, but they do grow in the UK. So it would have been growing probably around that area at that time and if not at that exact area then maybe just a little bit away from that area. He had also talked about wanting to push her off a bridge because he knew she couldn't swim so his plan was just to walk by a river or walk by a bridge with her and then push her in or somehow make her jump and then I think he even stated he would just watch her drown and I'm like what kind of plan is that what like what are you talking about you're just gonna push her in and she's gonna be yelling and screaming and you're just gonna sit there and be like ha, 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 ha. I don't think that's really how that I don't know I have no idea but it's just I don't know it's just it's so theatrical it's so dramatic. Actually, looking at both of those things, they're both very dramatic. Like poisoning with some sort of like Shakespearean mixture that you've, you know, went out and picked at night or or I don't know what time of day you picked it at, probably at night so no one would see you. And then you go home and you dry it out and then you put it in a mortar and pestle and you crush it all up and then you infuse it and make a tincture and then you sneak it to your enemy like what are you talking about and then drowning what these are very very dramatic plans a couple days before rebecca's death joshua was texting his friends actually the prosecutor read these text messages out in court Um, and I will read them to you now. Josh, quote, What would you do if I actually killed her? Friend, Oh, I'd buy you breakfast, mate. Josh, Don't say anything, but you may just owe me breakfast. Friend, Best text I've ever had, mate. Seriously, if it is true, I'm happy to buy you breakfast. Josh, I hope by then it will be done and dusted. Friend, I want all the details. Smiley face. Okay. So in my notes, I've actually put some stars beside this and then, and then wrote a note beside it. And I wrote that fucking smiley face is so disturbing. Like you are literally like involved in this murder plan and you're like smiley face, wink, wink. Like you can just tell that these are teenagers. Also. Why do his friends hate her so much? What could she have possibly done for this kid to be like, best text I've ever had, mate. Like, can't wait for you to slaughter her. Like, why would they? Anyways, back to the text messages. Josh, large breakfast with extra everything. Friend, sick, sick boy. These text messages just show you how immature and how young these kids are and how they have no idea the weight of the situation of which they are embarking on they have no idea what they're getting what they're getting themselves into also I don't know why but the text that reads large breakfast with extra everything it makes me so mad I don't know why maybe it's because in my mind he I think that he thinks that he deserves extra everything for doing this like you know amazing thing according to him you know and like showing off to all his friends like you know like I did something amazing so you owe me like extra everything but it's like dude if you don't murder somebody and you don't go to jail for murder you can have all the breakfast with all the extra everything for every morning for the rest of your life whatever you want so, it uh, doesn't make any sense to me. Just a couple days after that text conversations with his friend, Joshua contacts Rebecca to meet up on October 23rd, 2010. Rebecca was excited. She thought they were going to get back together. She thought, oh, he's, he wants to meet up with me. He wants to get back together. He's, you know, being really nice, being really charming again. I'm You know, it's the old Josh old Josh so in a lot of relationships where people want to control other people they will do this thing where they'll be super nice and they will convince you that they are this loving amazing person then once they've lured you in they've got you good and in there then the abuse starts the verbal physical whatever but once they do that they're going to rewind it back a bit. They're going to be nice. They're going to be that loving person you fell in love with to make you keep thinking, I'm going to get that, you know, it's I got to get that loving person back. That person exists and I can get back to that. When in reality, that loving person doesn't exist at all. The person that exists is the person that is abusive and mean. The person that is trying to, you know, keep you reaching for something that doesn't exist. That's the real person the loving person is the fake person that's the one that doesn't exist I feel like I'm seeing this in this case from the documentaries I've watched and and all the articles I've read it's I'm getting I'm getting that vibe I'm getting that vibe So the morning of the 23rd, Rebecca's mother said she was so excited. She woke up at like 6.30 in the morning. Her mother drew her a bath, which is like just the sweetest thing ever. Rebecca did her hair and makeup. She wore a brand new outfit she had bought the day before, like a whole new outfit. Like girl was getting it. She was feeling good. She was looking good. She was optimistic. She was, she was so happy. I could just imagine her like getting ready and being so happy And, like, Josh is probably at home, like, still in bed surrounded by, like, old pizza boxes and, like, magazines with, like, women's faces scratched out of them. And, like, his room is probably, like, really dark and, like, smells like old socks. I don't know. That's how just, like, he did not deserve her. Rebecca went to the meeting spot in which Joshua had told her to meet him. But he wasn't there. And he called her and like redirected her to a place. And I think he sent her some texts. I'm not sure if this was all in calls or texts, but he was somehow communicating to her on her cell phone and kept changing locations. It was like a park and then it was the village and then it was a street. And either way, they ended up in this wooded area. So when all this redirection was happening, um, Rebecca and her mother were on a phone call. I don't know who called who. Somebody called somebody and Rebecca had... Told Sonia, her mom, like, I don't know what's going on. This is really strange. Like, he's asking me to meet him here, and then he's changing the location to here. And her mom did not like the sounds of this. She said it was very strange. It was very odd behavior. She was getting some bad vibes from this. Also, I think her mom did not like Rebecca being at the park and walking under these bridges and all this stuff by herself. I'm not sure what the area is like I'm not sure what the reputation is there but her mother did not like her being there alone at all so Sonia had told Rebecca stay on the phone with me you're not alone talk to me like we can talk uh until until I know that you're safe with Joshua so after a while of being redirected Rebecca told her mother she could see Joshua coming and her mother confirmed with her several times that it was in fact Joshua Davies using his first and last name and Rebecca confirmed several times yes it is Joshua Davies. Sonia would not hang up until she was sure her daughter was safe with Josh and Rebecca told her mother that he was now standing right in front of her but her mother thought it was strange because usually Josh would be like hey Sonia like hey mom like you know grabbing the phone from Rebecca and like being like super friendly and vocal and confident and you know he loved attention so he was just you know if there was somebody there that he could talk to to get attention from he would do it and, and um, Sonia said this was very common practice like he would call her mom hey mom what's up like what up Sonia like he was like really like like um boisterous I think it's the word I'm looking for there but she said this time it was so strange because she couldn't hear anything. Like Sonia had no idea that Josh was standing in front of Rebecca aside from Rebecca confirming his first and last name. saying, yes, mom, it is Joshua Davies standing right in front of me right now. That's how specific that was. That is how bad her mother was getting this Vibe, she was like, No, something's not right. I need you to confirm this to me not once, not twice, three times, maybe even more. I'm not sure, but it was, I am sure that it was several times. She was making it very clear, like, Joshua Davies, it's Joshua Davies, yes, mom, it's Joshua Davies. So, once Sonia was, um, confident that her daughter was with Joshua Davies and telling the truth that she was with Joshua Davies, she you know, she, she felt okay about it now. So she was like, okay, I'll, I'll let you go now. Like, have fun. And then Rebecca said, bye, mom. I love you. And hung up the phone call. It's unclear how long after that phone call ended that Josh tried to snap Rebecca's neck. And when that didn't work, she was screaming. Actually, he had told his friends that it's harder than you'd think to snap someone's neck. Did he think that was going to be easy? i Weird. Okay. Uh, I also heard in a few other um, documentaries and podcasts that he was trying to strangle her. So I'm not sure if it was snapping the neck or strangling. Both are very hard to do. If to strangle somebody can take up to like seven minutes it can take even sometimes longer so it's possible he tried to snap her neck and then strangle her and and it takes a long time you probably thought it was going to be instant but it's not um so she started screaming and she was screaming and screaming she's probably terrified she's like I just came here to meet Josh thinking we're going to get back together I've done my hair and makeup like I am looking good and all of a sudden he's like attacking me so she's screaming she's terrified so Josh picks up a rock and hits Rebecca over the head with it repeatedly until the screaming stopped. He got a phone call from his friend just after murdering Rebecca and his friend asked him if he was still with Rebecca in which he replied define with. How haunting is that? How creepy is that? That." It is so haunting in that situation to find with. Joshua's friends were near the outside of the woods at the time of the murder. And Josh brought one of them to the scene to see Rebecca's body. The other friend had previously broken his leg and had a cast on. So he was limited to where he could physically go. So the wooded area was out for him for some reason. Probably like a hill that he couldn't walk up or there was fallen brush Uh, I'm not sure the exact reason, but the guy in the cast, cast couldn't go. But he should consider himself lucky because the scene that Josh was trying to show him would have scarred him for life. The friend that he did bring up there to see it, when he saw the scene, he said he felt like he was in an ice bath, like shivers, numb. To any normal person, that's how you would react seeing something that horrific Josh had even told his friend that he brought up to the scene to pull her hood back and look at her face so he's he's just committed this crazy act of violence something that someone normal could just never fathom or get over or even think about doing And he's up there peacocking around, bringing his friends up, telling them to pull her hood back to look at her face. I don't know if the friend did pull her hood back and look at her face. I don't know. But if he did, he will never get that sight out of his mind ever, 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 ever. Her skull was crushed in. There would have been so much blood. It would have been a horrific scene. That is just something you cannot unsee. So, uh, what did they do after this horrific event? What What would Joshua Davies do after brutally murdering an innocent, defenseless girl? What would he do? Oh, him and his friend goes to his grandmother's house to watch movies. while, well, at the same time, posting on social media about chilling with friends and what a great day! Around 5 p.m. that night, Rebecca's family start to notice she's missing. They call her phone, no answer, or it goes to voicemail. They call around to family and friends, and Rebecca's mother even called Josh. Josh talks to Sonia and claims he was never with her that day. Rebecca's mom asks him if he was the one who was standing in front of her when she was on the call with Rebecca earlier that day because remember she kept asking and it was very clear and she asked several times and he said no it wasn't no it wasn't He was at his grandmother's house Rebecca's mother must have been absolutely baffled by all of this because she knew how excited Rebecca was to meet up with Josh that day it was the it was the thing of the day like it was the it was a big thing She was on the phone with her when they met up and confirmed with Rebecca over and over and over again. It was Joshua Davies. After the phone call with Sonia, Josh then texts Rebecca's phone and says to get in touch and they are all worried. As if he's actively helping look for her. By 7.30 that night, Sonia had called police and reported Rebecca missing. The police thought maybe she was out at a party or with friends and Sonia was like, no, like she's a good girl. She doesn't drink she would call me like, this is very unusual. So the police were like, yep, let's look for her. So the police were searching, her family were searching, and nobody found Rebecca that night. The next morning, police receive a phone call. That friend that Josh had brought to the scene the day before had told his parents that Rebecca could be hurt and led police to her body. This, this kid must have been... I don't know I I have no idea I haven't seen any interviews with him I haven't heard anything about him but just imagine putting yourself in that situation your friend is like hey look what I did for that breakfast you owe me and then you're like oh that was real like I don't know if this guy was just so racked with guilt that he woke up the next day the shock had worn off everything had sunk in and he's like yep this is real I need to tell somebody good fucking thing bro Good thing you've finally acted on your conscience. Good for you. So he leads police to Rebecca's body. October 24th, 2010, Rebecca was found dead in the Aberconfig woods. The police bring in both Josh Davies and his friend that day under suspicion of murder. Joshua tells police that his friend killed Rebecca and the friend tells police that Joshua killed her. Joshua's story to police was that they wanted to pull a prank on his friend so Rebecca would lay on the ground in the wooded area Josh would tell his friend that he had murdered her and then he would bring his friend to see her murdered body hmm sound familiar but Rebecca wasn't dead it was a prank and then she jumped up and scared the friend and was like bah, like I'm not dead you thought I was dead sucker I don't know what he said she said but This is the prank. And then Josh says that the friend got so enraged, so angry that Rebecca wasn't dead, so he killed her. This doesn't make any sense to me because why wouldn't Josh had stopped his friend from killing his other friend? So he's claiming he witnessed his friend kill his other friend, didn't get help from anybody, didn't help the friend, didn't, didn't do anything and then went back to his grandma's house with his friend and watched movies? Uh, what? That doesn't make any sense. The police searched Joshua's grandma's home and found the mixture of foxglove and deadly nightshade that Joshua had previously talked about as a method of killing Rebecca. Nothing can be proven if it was intended for her, if she ever had it, if he was going to give it to anybody, even if it was his. I mean, it it was in his house and he talked about it. So I don't know. In the trial in June and July of 2011, the forensic evidence was brought forward that the fibers on the rock in which was used to kill Rebecca matched to Rebecca and Josh's clothing. His friends also testified against him and the prosecutor read the text messages from Joshua and his friends about killing Rebecca for the free breakfast. So the killing for a free breakfast was really latched onto because there was no other motive given. He she wasn't robbed she wasn't sexually assaulted this was pure bloodlust this was for the murder this there was nothing else related to this murder except just brutally murdering her so the the trial lasted five weeks Josh pleaded not guilty, maintained his innocence the entire time, maintained his innocence for eight years after, but we'll loop back around to that. He was assessed mentally and was found to be sane. On July 27th, 2011, Joshua Davies was found guilty of murder. On September 2nd, 2011, he was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 14 years. The judge said Joshua Davies is devious calculating and controlling those are three words he used to describe him he could be eligible for parole in October 2024 there is a Facebook group page called Joshua Davies must never be released from prison and there you can sign the petition and share it around and and get other people to sign it Sonia Oatley has written her own book on her daughter's case called "By mom I love you after the last words her daughter ever said to her Sonia would like to see Joshua's friends be brought to justice for supporting the plan to kill her daughter. I hope she wins that battle because sitting around egging on your friend, telling them you're going to buy him stuff if they do this murder, it's not right. Eight years later, in September of 2017, Josh confesses to the murder. Eight years. He's like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Wakes up one morning in prison. I've never been to prison. I don't know. I'm sure every day the same. You know, you got the, got a routine going. He woke up, broke that routine. I don't know if he asked to speak to the prison guards. or if it I, I have no idea what happened. He was like, hey, prison people, who's going to listen? I did it. I'm sure they were like, what? What do you mean? What? What? You, I thought you said you were innocent for years. And then he was like, nope, I did it. I confess. And they were like, oh, wow. Okay. So that happened in September of 2017. Maybe he wants to, you know, get it off his chest and, and, you know, let the family heal and and start to repent and, you know, maybe right his wrongs. No. No, 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 no. There is speculation he has done it to reduce his sentence, um, get early parole. He still never said why he killed Rebecca. The only clear motive is that cooked breakfast bet for a cooked breakfast on a Saturday. (sighs) To Joshua Davies, I say, hell no. Thank you for listening to Hell No, a true crime podcast.